Hello and welcome to episode two of my new podcast, uh, Tom Sips Into Conversation With. On this week's episode, I have a leader who is on Instagram as Metal and Bell. There's definitely a theme uh, with recording uh, this episode of the podcast uh, because I just tried editing uh, the introduction uh, that I filmed on a dog walk with Mocha and Joy um, and it was way too windy so I've had to record it again. The first time we tried to record this episode we had quite a few technical difficulties, uh, lost the audio for her so we had to re-record it so it's kind of fitting that I've had to re-record the intro as well. On the day of this recording American democracy kind of fell and uh, there was a bunch of Americans that tried to storm Congress. England went into another lockdown so at third lockdown. So yeah, there was a lot of bad things going on in the world at that time. Uh, Things have changed a little bit, apart from we are still in a lockdown, as I'm recording this intro. The things that we talk about in this episode, we talk a little bit about her current project, we talk a little bit about her witchcraft, and um, a little bit more information about that. We talk a little bit about thrifting, Uh, we talk about her studying to become a nurse, and I also find out why you don't really have paper anymore when you work in a call centre. At the end of the episode, I'll be back uh, for a little bit more chat. We start the conversation with me asking how she got into knitting and crochet. I've actually been knitting and crocheting probably all my life. Uh, My grandma knit, um, my aunt was a seamstress, and my mom did knitting and sewing as well. Uh, So when I went, uh, I spent my summers with my grandmother and my aunt. So they would teach me how to knit and crochet and sew. And we do various crafts, which is why I dabble in so many crafts as well, because I had the opportunity to learn so many at a young age. And then it really picked up whenever I was in, when I was 27, because I kind of lost interest in like my early 20s and my teens, because I just was busy doing other things. And I was painting mostly. And then I got pregnant with my son at 27 and I was stuck at home and I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was like, well, maybe I'll make him a blanket. So then I, I just taught myself how to crochet again through YouTube basically and books that I found at the library. And then it's kind of just grown from there from just like little projects to much bigger projects. And then about two years ago, I found a, like the fiber community on Instagram. And I discovered that there is like a whole bunch of very modern crochet sweater patterns that exist that I didn't realize that there was before. I just thought it was mostly just bralettes and that was about it and like hippie clothing, which is fine, but you can only make so much of that. (laughs) Yeah, the bralette, I feel like last year kind of exploded. Yeah, it's everywhere. Anybody who crochets and like, that's usually where they start is a bralette and like it's because it's nice it's light it's fun and uh like a lot of it's just it's easy to make too it's it's super fast project so it's like satisfying and it's not just a hat that you're making so yeah because there is only so many hats i mean that's why i started selling hats because there are only so many hats that i can actually wear (laughs) yeah and it's the same thing with like scarves you can only wear so many scarves and then suddenly it's like well maybe i have a few too many so (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like jumpers, you can kind of get away with a little bit more if you can kind of do, you can do a a little bit more like different styles and patterns and colors. Um, Yeah, hats are a little bit more limited. (laughs) Have your kids kind of got an interest in 
in crafting as well? Do they like to watch? Yeah, they watch uh, a little bit. Um, the crochet, they don't really have the hand-eye coordination for it yet, but they do try. My daughter will like stick the crochet hook in my knitting projects and they'll unravel them on me if I'm not watching. So. <laughs> Uh, they like to pick out the yarns. Uh, my daughter really likes whenever she gets to pick out yarns for hats and stuff. So I make them hats. And then I think what we do more is we do more crafting and drawing together with my kids than anything. Nice. So like pre-COVID times, were you able to go into like a craft store and they were able to pick out the wool that you then used? Yeah. 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 We That's would do cool. that. So, and now I can't do that as much, but sometimes my daughter she has like she loves texture so she likes really soft wool and then if i'm working with it she always is like mommy can you make me something from this so that's and then that's my son cute. is he's, my son is like i just want it in black or blue that's those are his <laughs> only requirements it can't be too fluffy because he doesn't like it too fluffy so <laughs> so uh what projects are you working on now so i'm working on a secret project right now but I did finish a cowl yeah, uh, the other day. So it's Tunisian crochet and it's done in the round and it's two colors. Uh, it's probably the hardest project I've done in a while. This is it here. So it mimics, I think it's like a brioche knit stitch almost. Um, but it's done in a spiral and you have to use a double-ended hook to get through it to create the effect. But it took me a while to figure it out. I discovered in my, like I've done Tunisian crochet before, uh, more basic patterns like headbands and stuff like that. But I didn't realize that unlike knitting and crocheting where the, the stitch uh, short forms are standardized and the stitches are all the same throughout, unless you know if you're working with UK or American crochet like standards, then it's a little bit different, but you know, it'll tell you in the pattern what it is. But I discovered that some of them are very different. So there's a twisted stitch and I was YouTubing it and I had like seven different results. I couldn't figure out which one it was. I got through the pattern. I was like, this doesn't look anything like it. So I ended up having to do a deep dive into the internet and I found uh, a video by the designer of the pattern for the stitch, the stitches and that really helped. But uh, yeah, it required a lot of attention, but the results is beautiful though. It's amazing. Yeah, it looks absolutely stunning. Like it looks really cozy. Yeah, I re I'm really happy with it, but man, it was quite the project. I, yeah, I, I, I Anybody who asks me about it, I'm like, you need to like understand what's going on because you have to do the spiral. You're working one row and then when you come to work off your other rows you're coming back around but you can't complete the row because if you complete the row you're joining and you want it in a spiral not a join it's it's very technical i would say and it took i couldn't sit down and watch a movie with it i had to sit and look at what i was doing yeah it sounds really complicated do you think you'll try and do it again or have you like you've done that you've had a go at that technique that's it now I mean, if someone convinced me to make one for them, I might do it again. But as for myself, no, I probably wouldn't sit down and do it again. It was quite the project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks amazing. Like, it looks really cozy. So Thank you. Yeah, it is. I used uh, just a, like a really thick wool because the nice thing was it was in a bulky wool. So it worked up. Like, once I got it, it worked up fast. That's what I really like about thick and bulky wool is that it uh your project like happens really really quickly like you can see it grow really quickly that's thin wool for me just it takes forever like i've i've started knitting socks because it's something i've wanted to do for a while but it's always been intimidating 
and it does take a long time. <laughs> it takes a long time. So I've done a few projects in like fingering weight. Uh, there, it's really nice because the drape is phenomenal with it. But yeah, it's it's a big project, even for like just like a, a tank top or a shirt. It takes forever. You're like you feel like you're working on the top for like an eternity just because it's so fine. But the drape is really nice. Um, you kind of mentioned that you, with this project, you weren't able to watch TV. What do you kind of like to do when you're knitting or crocheting, when you're crafting? So uh, I will sometimes watch shows. Uh, I was trying to watch the new Sabrina that came out, but I could not do that. And then otherwise, I listen to podcasts. So I, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Um, and then sometimes I'll listen to more like witchy podcasts about tarot and stuff like that. But true crime is usually what I'm listening to when I'm crocheting. Nice. What's uh, your kind of like top favorite uh, true crime podcasts? Top favorites would be uh, Sinisterhood, Morbid and Red Handed. Red Handed is actually from the UK. They're really good. Yeah, I think I tried to listen to them like the early stuff and I just couldn't really get into it i think the quality was really bad but i think they probably got a much better setup now definitely do because they've they've definitely become very popular so they have a better setup now podcasts are definitely my jam true crime witchy ones uh, i listen to some paranormal ones and just whatever i am really looking to hear about so nice i think that's that's a good little segue into your kind of witching and yeah so uh, I don't define myself as much as a Wiccan as more as just a witch. I would say that I'm a solitary witch and I practice in green witchcraft. So green witchcraft is working with herbs and plants. Um, I, it's a very nature-based belief for me. So from even when I was really young, I've always felt a really deep connection with the earth. Uh, I just find it's a very magical place to be. And I always feel very at home and calm and rejuvenated there. Um, I didn't uh pursue it at all when I was younger because I grew up in a very religious home and that was just like not something that was ever talked about or done that was a big no-no and then when I moved out I didn't really have any like spiritual practices or anything like that and I just was doing my own thing and having fun as a young punk in the in my 20s (laughs) and then I got pregnant, of course, and then everything changed when I got pregnant. And I started looking into tarot was where I started. And then from tarot, I started looking into herbalism. And from herbalism, I started looking into witchcraft. And it's more, it's less like magic, like Harry Potter. It's That's not what it is. It's more about just cultivating and creating positive intentions. And then the tarot I used as like a journal Uh, prompt to reflect on things in my life how it might impact like how the card might impact my year or numerology comes in there too so this year I am in my hermit year uh, which means that it's about uh, internal reflection and really cultivating like more of my spiritual practice it's just it's a very broad uh, eclectic belief that I have that's cool it's a world that I don't really know anything about there's so much and like people like people think that there's like wicca and then there's like there's wicca which is just like a lot of people's introduction to witchcraft is usually wicca because it's like a it's more it's structured like regular christian belief systems it's very structured and they have rituals and stuff like that and then from there it can go into there's so many other things there's green witchcraft there's traditional witchcraft um like, I don't even know. I just, I don't have any traditional witchcraft because my family 
is from the Netherlands, which is a very, uh, any of the pagan practices were pretty much stomped out by the Christians. So it's a very Christian base that I grew up with. Got you. I actually didn't really know there was a difference between Wicca. I think I've heard the na- the word Wicca from things like Sabrina and yeah. stuff like that. So I, I didn't realize there was. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, it birthed out of like a feminist movement, Wicca, in like the, I think it was like the 60s, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And then it's like, it's a, it's more structured. It has more structure to it where there's just, yeah, it's more structured. And then witchcraft, you can make it whatever you feel like it connects with you. Yeah, I think uh, about probably a couple of years ago, like it was way before lockdown and stuff, um, there was actually a witchcraft uh, exhibition happening in London that we went to go and see. And it was fascinating of like they had doors with carvings on and things that they would torture people with. And I think they had like dead things in jars and all kinds of stuff. It was it was quite a fascinating exhibition that we went to. My partner found it and really wanted to go. And yeah, it was awesome it was a very good exhibition to go to no that sounds really interesting uh the other thing i do with my witchcraft is i really incorporate it into my knitting as well in my crochet because it's very meditative so i do incorporate that so i some projects i'll sit down with intentions and knit them into or crochet them into my projects um which do you prefer do you prefer knitting or crochet uh, I like crochet because I'm much faster at it, so I can finish a project very quickly. Um, I do really like the look of knitting, though, and I like the way that the stitches fall in knitting. I like the the drape that you get with sweaters more and with cardigans more. Um, I, it's, it's nice that like crochet is getting much more modern. It's not so much just granny square blankets and just bralettes so there's a lot more that you can do with it but I do I I do really like knitting because there's just I find that sometimes you can achieve more with knitting sometimes than you can with crochet I have started to see a lot more people doing um, a lot more techniques and stuff with crochet but yeah like I think when I first started looking into it it was the squares and stuff and there's there's people who are doing amazing funky designs with squares yeah, so I picked crochet because I was familiar with both of them growing up. And I always struggled with dropping stitches in my knitting or losing a stitch or losing my count somewhere. And then sometimes I don't know, I didn't always know enough about the stitch to go back and retrieve it or send down a lifeline. I've learned those things that make it a little bit easier, but definitely crochet, you only have one live loop. So if you drop it, like you're dropping your project on the floor, it's not like you're going to lose everything in there. Yeah, so that's that's why I went that route. And then I just, I picked up knitting because I already knew how to do it. I just am intimidated by it. I remember actually like saying that I use the stitch markers when I knit if I'm counting, just as like to mark off like every 10 stitches or whatever. And I told that to my mum and her mind was blown because she was like, I've never thought about doing that. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna count a hundred <laughs> stitches every time. Um, and no, making sure I that because I was like I, I think I did that when I first started like just like 50 stitches for a hat or something I was like I don't want to keep counting 50 stitches making sure that I've not dropped anything or and and uh yeah, yeah I think um I think she started using stitch markers I do that with my knitting and my crochet because uh yeah it's it's otherwise like 
Uh, I have had a couple of projects where you have like a hundred plus stitches on there. And I'm like, I am not counting this every time I go around. Cause that's a lot of like, that's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Let's move on to kind of your thrifting kind of hobby. So thrifting is definitely another passion of mine. I don't get to do it as much cause we're locked down, but uh, I've been doing it forever. I did it a little bit where, like we always thrifted when we were like when I was young, cause we just didn't have a lot of money and I wasn't a big fan of it then. Um, and then in my twenties, I like, I really discovered vintage clothing. And at that point there wasn't a lot of people who were thrifting. So I found a lot of like really nice gems through that. And then I just, it's kind of grown from there. I was doing a business at one point and selling things. And then I, I stopped cause I just been very busy with, uh, cause I was in nursing school too. Uh, but uh, I just love thrifting. I love the idea of finding something that nobody else is going to have and finding a way to incorporate it into my home. I love the idea of just uh, finding patterns and designs and outfits and clothing and accessories for my home that are really something that speaks to me and not just something that came out of a big box store that everybody might have. And so like I've uh, my home, I spend a lot of time cultivating how it looks on the inside, but every, almost everything is thrifted. Yeah, that's really cool. Cause I, you, I mean, you can tell from your Instagram page that you've got uh, a certain aesthetic and, um, it's de definitely unique and that probably helps with some of the items and stuff probably coming from charity shops and kind of going with the same aesthetic. It's, it's lots of fun too. <laughs> Do you like to upcycle stuff as well then, or? Uh, I do a little bit, uh, not as much as I used to. I used to a lot more, um, but I do upcycle. So I have taken apart sweaters and remade them into something else. Uh, I do upcycle some clothes. Like I, I know how to alter. So, cause I know how to sew, so I can do basic alterations on clothes to make them fit me or to make them do what I want. Or because sometimes I'm looking for a particular piece when I'm thrifting and I can't find it, but I find something that's very similar and I know how to make it. So for a long time, for example, I've been looking for a leather skirt that had like the scalloped edges on the bottom. Can't find it anywhere. Well, I found a skirt that had the same shape. And instead of just being like, oh, whatever, I just took it home and I just cut the scallops on it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I'll do it with other things too. I, all of my art that I paint and draw, I usually find old vintage brass frames and put them in too. Yeah. So I did have to dial back my thrifting a bit because it was getting, I was getting a lot of things that I didn't need. So I try to be a bit more intentional about what I'm bringing home with me and making sure that they're going to serve the purpose that I need them to. Or like I, when I go thrifting now, I have like a list of things that I'm always looking for that I want for my home, but I just don't want to buy new. I'd like to just get it secondhand and I just hold out till I find that perfect one. So we, we spoke about uh, yesterday that you, um, you've just finished studying to be a nurse. Tell me for that. When I got pregnant with my son when I was 27, I was just working in like a dead end job. I got laid off. I wasn't really doing anything. I decided that I wanted to go back to school for something. And I settled on nursing just because uh, my mom had been in the ICU for a few weeks and I got very acquainted with it. I never, I didn't really understand what nursing was. I didn't have any family members that were nurses. I just had met people in passing in my life when you're like brief interactions at the hospital. Uh, so I decided to go in through for nursing though, because I like the environment. I like that they're constantly learning. So I was doing that 
for the last, uh, I think it's like almost six years that I've been in school for. And uh, knitting and crocheting were definitely like a big part of getting me through because it just helped me disconnect a little bit and get out of my head and relax and just enjoy something that I didn't have to go out and do something. I could just sit at home and do a project. And at the end of it, like the end of it being done, I would have something that was of value to me. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's definitely a common theme that I've seen with people who knit and crochet and do other kind of forms of art and um, stuff is that it is like a form of therapy and it's a way of having to disconnect from things for a moment and just like, like I, I felt like it's a, it's like a, almost like a form of meditation. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's definitely a form of meditation for me. It just gets me out of my head and I can just focus on that focus only on like the counting of my stitches or my breathing or the movement of my hands and not really have to think about everything else going on. It's just a nice way to just really recenter yourself. So are you, uh, you're starting to work in hospital soon? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. you're, you've got your night shift. <laughs> yes. I have a night shift. Uh, I actually started at the beginning of December was whenever I started my job. So right now I'm just orientating to the floor. Uh, I will be working on a floor with more COVID patients coming up. So I will have lots of time to knit and crochet because I won't be going to see anybody at all, even though like we are on lockdown, but I'm even, I've told people within like my small groups that I'm not really comfortable with them coming over just because I'll be working with sick patients. So yeah, are you, are you having to kind of isolate a little bit more at home or is that going to be kind of impossible with having two kids? Uh, it's going to be kind of impossible with having two kids, but I'm going to do my best. So like at the hospital, obviously, everybody is very careful. I have to wear goggles. I have to wear a mask. Like you, I'm washing my hands perpetually. So it's all like, it's all going to be perfectly safe. And for me to come home, there shouldn't be any risk to anybody, but I just want to make sure that I'm doing my best to make sure everybody else is safe too. So yeah. How's Canada doing with a vaccine? Cause I know in the UK we've started rolling out the vaccine but we have it canada is a bit slower with the vaccine but in the grand scheme of things i i don't think that that like we are better off than some countries who they don't even have access to it yet so people are upset that canada is being so slow with rolling out the vaccine but i mean this is a big project that everybody is undertaking it's not going to happen overnight and i think that we need to maybe lower our expectations and just give support that this is happening it's just not happening as fast as we'd like because we want to go back to normal but that doesn't mean that it's not happening the fact that they've got a vaccine done so quickly is amazing 2021 did not mean that bam everything was back to normal like it was just it was just a, a turn of the calendar that's all that that was it was just another day uh, the number of people i kept seeing who were like oh 2021 is going to be a much better year a lot of people said that about 2020 at the beginning of the year and yeah <laughs> look what happened, i had you very know? good feelings about 2020 <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people did just because it's like it's a new year it's like a new kind of century and uh yeah i think you know we will we'll, we'll get through this as if we all stick together and try and obey the rules as, and even though the rules are inconvenient a lot of the time they are there to try and help save people's lives we're all in it together all over the world everybody's doing the same thing so it's not just one spot that's stuck at home it's everybody's stuck at home yeah i think that's one of the things that's almost kind of um 
kind of helpful for me at least is that knowing that it's not just our country it's not just our town it is the entire world where we're all going through this at the same time and hopefully in like five ten years we're going to be able to look back at this and be like jesus christ we managed to get through that yeah (laughs) at the end we're definitely going to be coming out in a different kind of world i think at the end of it all and it's just a matter of what we want to make it when we walk out of it yeah exactly i don't think the world is ever going to go back to how it was um i think that's quite unrealistic but i think we can we can definitely shape the world to something a little bit better hopefully yeah i think so too do you want to talk about your art as well because you've got some of your art on your instagram and it's pretty awesome thank you uh yeah so art is my first love that's what i did uh I've been drawing since I could hold a colored pencil in my hand. I've been very detail oriented with that. I, in high school, uh, art was like the one thing that I did throughout high school. I actually won the art award and I was supposed to go to, I got accepted to an art school out in BC and then declined the spot. I didn't go biggest regret, but also, you know, I I'm happy where I am. So I'm, is it really a regret or is it just a missed opportunity? And uh, so I usually work with uh, colored pencils. I really love working with oils, but oils requires a lot of time and space. And I have two kids, so that's not really something that I have a lot of time for. I can't just lay out my, like in order to do oils, I need to have the space laid out for a few hours or a few days because it takes a long time to dry. So I can't really do that. So colored pencil and watercolor have really been what I do more of. I have an example here of a colored pencil drawing that I did. Nice. So if you can see it, I did this one actually for uh, my nursing school because we had our final assignment, which was like we had to do a self-reflection of our our journey through nursing school. So I opted to do a self-portrait. So in the picture, there's a picture of me, but also throughout it, there's uh, various healing herbs that have uh, really, so I incorporated like my herb, uh, my herbalism that I've been studying, my nursing for healing, and then also just part of like my, my witchcraft practices in there. So there's healing herbs in there and I use those intentionally for their symbolism and for the healing properties that they provide. Do you ever put any of like the, the kind of healing herbs and stuff in the water like if you're doing watercolors um no so what i do do though because i i don't like really bright vibrant colors in my art um i muddy the colors with coffee or tea when i do watercolor so instead of doing water for my watercolors to to get the the colors i dilute it with coffee or tea to make the colors more muddy and darken it up a bit so that's usually what i do uh, that's a good idea, though. I could definitely pick herbs with intention then for my art from based on the teas muddy that's muddy the water with. I feel like yeah, because you could like put that in your tea, or you could put that in in the water that you would normally like use to like yeah. clean your brush with or something. Yeah, that's really a good idea. Good intentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tattoos, because um, you got quite a few. Like how how many do you know how many tattoos you have? I think I have like eight or nine. I think so. I have this one, which is uh, Death Head Moth. Um, I love moths. I have a moth specimen collection. Um, my partner did this one. I have a yellow rose here. 
And that's from my grandma, the one who actually taught me how to knit and crochet. So she died when I was 16. So I didn't really ever get to know her because unfortunately, as a child, you know your grandma. And then 16 would have been about the time where I would have had opportunity to sit down with her and talk about things. So she died around then. And But her favorite flower was the yellow rose. So I got that in memory of her, I think, two years ago now. Uh, I also have an anchor on my face. Uh, that's from my endeavors into uh, I thought I wanted to tattoo. I got very scared because I'm not an overly social person and not super confident. So I, I dipped out of that. I also have uh, wings on my ankles because my name, Alita, means little winged one. Uh, and I got that because I also really love Greek and Roman mythology as well. Nice. That's really cool. And there's more. I have a mermaid, an anglerfish, a peacock feather on the back of my neck. And then I have plans for other ones as well. <laughs> oh, and I have one of my favorites I actually forgot about. I have Link from Legend of Zelda on the back of my leg. Awesome. That's cool. I I was never really much of a gamer when I was younger. Like I played crash bandicoot and i think that was pretty much it uh but my girlfriend is a really big gamer and she's kind of got me into the whole world of zelda i love watching her play because it's like not a huge gamer basically legend of zelda is the only game i i ever play it's the one that i played all the time it's the only one that i really love my partners tried to get me into other games but zelda is basically the like that's where I'm at home. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I kind of, I just kind of missed it. Like I was just never into, into gaming. I was more into music than I was into, uh, into gaming. I didn't get into it until my twenties. So, cause we didn't have a game system when I was younger. And then when I was working one of my dead end jobs, I was working at a call center and we were allowed to have a Game Boy. So I went out and picked up a Game Boy and my best friend, Greg, was like, you should get Zelda. Zelda's a really good game. And I was like, all right, I will trust you on this one. And then I've been just hooked ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. Were you at the call center playing Zelda on your Game yes, Boy? Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a, that's a good way of spending I can imagine being in a call center very tedious. Yeah. So um, I either I crocheted I or drew, and then we weren't allowed paper anymore. So then it was crocheting or Game Boy. So I played Pokemon and mostly Legend of Zelda, and then I would crochet too. Why were you not allowed to have paper? Because they didn't want us writing down personal information of clients. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. I yeah. just thought I mean, like, I they didn't want to. I don't care that much about them, so I yeah. Like... <laughs> I, I just thought they they didn't want you to like write down rude things and show it to other people trying to distract them. That's what I had in my head, <laughs> or like making paper airplanes just to try and distract other people. Like I feel like that would be a game that I would probably want to play if I was in a call center. But I, yeah, um, it's yeah. nice. Well, thank you very much for Alida to uh, be on the podcast. Uh, for episode two um, I hope you all really enjoyed it um, don't forget you can go and check her out on Instagram at Metal and Bell I'll put all the links down in the description in the episode notes if you want to go and check out her patterns that she recommended as well for beginners or if you want to go and have a check out her patterns for her Etsy shop she's also going to put a discount code on for 10% um, for everyone who is listening or watching this podcast uh, the discount code is knitslips10 
Uh, don't forget, if you do like this podcast, then please uh, like, subscribe, uh, rate it, um, all of those things that you do with podcasts. Really appreciate. The reason why I want to do this podcast is to try and help more people get into crafting, and to, to do that is get more people listening. Uh, if you'd like to check out some of the other projects that I've been working on, uh, head on over to my Instagram, which is at knitsips. Um, I recently started doing a cooking show uh, tied in with the Herbert Art Gallery Museum called Historic Cooking, and that's been a lot of fun to record. Um, we're going to be working on a next episode soon, um, so make sure you like me on Instagram to uh, find out more information about that. I will also be doing a 10% sale on my Etsy account with the same code, knitslips 10 uh, On next week's episode, uh, episode 3, we have Bex from at shop. Daisy and Dime, um, who is a, a wonderful creator. Um, thank you very much, everyone, again, for watching or listening to this podcast. Um, and I will see you next week on Friday for episode three. <laughs>